0: Welcome to HSDF, the podcast, a collection of policy discussions on government technology and homeland security brought to you by the Homeland Security and Defense Forum. Today's program features Bobby Stempley on building resilient cybersecurity. She's joined by Homeland Security and Defense Forum Executive Director Megan Metz. Listen in while they discuss next steps for building better cybersecurity resilience through technology, people, and process. Ms. Stempley is the former CIO at DISA and former Deputy Assistant Secretary for Cybersecurity at DHS. This program was recorded in conjunction with the HSDF Policy Symposium celebrating women in homeland security on March 30th, 2023.
1: Well, welcome. I'm Megan Mance with the Homeland Security and Defense Forum, and I am delighted to be joined today by Ms. Bobby Stempley with Dell Technologies. She currently serves as Vice President of the Infrastructure Solutions Group and as the Business Unit Security Officer for Dell Technologies. In her role, she leads the implementation of security and resilience programs across the Infrastructure Solutions Group. And as many of you may know, Ms. Stempley has had an incredible career spanning the public and private sectors as well as academia, And before coming to Dell, she was the Managing Director of the CERT Division at the Software Engineering Institute, a part of Carnegie Mellon University. And during her time in public service, uh, she filled many important roles, including as Chief Information Officer at the Defense Information Systems Agency, and as Deputy Assistant Secretary within the Office of Cybersecurity and Communications at the Department of Homeland Security, which I think is fair to say was the precursor to CISA. And she serves on several boards, including the Center for Internet Security, and is currently a doctoral student at Georgetown University. So, Ms. Stempley, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Oh, thank you, Megan. It's really a pleasure and an opportunity to speak to this community. It's one of the places where my passion lies.
1: Excellent. Well, I think to start things off, I did want to ask a question around resilience, since that seems to be so central to your role at Dell Technologies. And As we see cyber threats continue to change and grow exponentially, what are a few uh, key things organizations need to be thinking about to build better cybersecurity resilience?
2: Yeah, um, so it's a really good question because um, in many instances, people think about uh, resilience and cybersecurity as being uh, not the same issue. Um, and organizations, when they think about resilience and being resilient to issues, one of the things that they uh, they need to think about being resilient to is cyber related topics. And historically our cyber, um, the way we look at cyber has been from a protection and defense perspective. And, and in today's world, what we need to do is really think about how you operate through. And that's really the construct of resilience, um, to operate through the variety of issues that might come and impact your digital landscape. Uh, cyber threats among those. Um, and so it it starts at a cultural level, at a language level, and at an understanding, right? Understanding your organization, its data, its mission, its responsibilities. And those have been things we've been doing for decades as a part of our overall protection missions.
1: Great. Hey, I love how you framed that, that uh, focus on resilience. And you know, the other thing, we know the cyber ecosystem that underpins our economy, security, and other vital functions. It's very interconnected and complex. And, you know, the idea that we are only as strong as our weakest link, I think, can apply when we talk about cybersecurity. Um, so how does that factor in the efforts to build a secure cyber ecosystem? And what responsibility does private industry have to help prop up smaller organizations that maybe aren't able to invest as much in their cybersecurity?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's one of those security paradoxes I think about, and that is, you know, we are in this together, um, and so that interconnected nature of the technology and that mutual interdependence is very real. But we try to assign responsibility and accountability. We do assign responsibility and accountability at the at an individual level, and so how we how we navigate between these two issues is really the challenge of our um, of our time. The private sector has key roles here. Um, as a part of this overall ecosystem, right? They are suppliers. They are partners. Uh, we are providers, and we need to understand our responsibilities to ourselves and our responsibilities to those entities that we partner with, and those entities that we both supply to and are uh, bring supply get, gain supply from. Um, and. So that requires a little bit of clarity and alignment and and conversations that start at the strategy and objective level um, and work their way down to the control level, not conversations that start at the control level, the security control level and work their way up. And so it's a little bit of an inverted inverted model. The private sector, I'm sorry, excuse me, the public sector um, is a key player in this ecosystem as well and has the same, I think, obligation, which is to start talking at that strategy level, what is it the object? what are the objectives we're trying to align to? And that, I think, is a, a key part of success that the Homeland Security community has really carried forward. Everything from the first version of the NIST cybersecurity framework, um, it's really the foundation that the uh, version 2.0 is really thinking their way through. The mission essential functions, the national essential functions work that the NRMC has done at DHS, right? It's, you see this pervading again and again, starting at the objective, getting agreement and conversation and alignment there, and then you work down into the control activities.
1: And so I think we're seeing this trend around data, and federal agencies and private companies are really dealing with more data than ever before, and it's only going to continue to grow. So I think, you know, as organizations begin to layer on things like data analytics or artificial intelligence applications and even gaining access to data at the edge, you know, from your perspective, what are maybe some important cybersecurity considerations um, that may be overlooked when it comes to data and its impact on mission?
2: Yeah, um, we've historically thought about cybersecurity controls at a system level or an enterprise level. Um, And one of the things that, uh, that is really true today and will be true, even more true going forward, is that data has a life. Right. It exists for a reason. You um, exploit it for a purpose. You actuate um, your you you sense information and then you actuate it to make decisions And, and trying to drive those decisions to as close as where the data collection, the data sensing happens is really the the place that the industry trends are going today. And so understanding the life of data and how it will change over that, uh, over its life becomes an important function. And so to tie back to our conversation about resilience, um, you know, thinking about the importance of the decisions that need to be made, what data exists in order to support that decision, the context under which that data was collected, how you intend uh, to, to actuate it in practice, is an important function um, to sustain resilience, it's an equally important function to understand as you're putting in place data protection uh, uh, capabilities in your environments as well and then recognizing as i said data has a life that you don't always collect it with a complete understanding of how you will use it throughout the total uh, the totality of its life and so being transparent which it, it, this is one of the things that's incredibly important in the public sector is transparency about the use of data your your function in protecting the data the means by which you share Uh, exploit and share it uh, become important. And recognizing that it can change and being transparent about those changes. Um, And when it changes, it may also change the need for the dial for security. It might need more uh, data protection around something over time.
1: That's a great answer. I I love that anecdote that uh, data has a life and it'll change in different forms. That's fascinating. Um, and just on the topic of resilience, I think we can't talk about resilience without also talking about workforce. And, you know, your career has spanned government, academia, and the private sector, where you've been in roles to enhance cybersecurity. You know, do you have any observations on how to build a solid and more talented cyber workforce? And, you know, we see professional incentives are different in the public versus private sectors, but... What do you think the government could learn from industry around building a better cyber workforce and uh, vice versa? One of the things that I think is
2: true universally for individuals in the digital transformation and cybersecurity landscape is um, everyone comes to these problems with a desire to improve the world around them. Right. You you aren't they aren't trying to make it worse. It, you know, they're they're really trying to identify issues and solve problems at scale. Um and and they have a real passion for problem solving. And if we can focus on what's the same between the public and private sector, we have a better opportunity for people to move between them. I think that's an important function. One of the things that it became really true, really, um, I, I really understood better when I moved from through a variety of places in the public sector and in into the academia and into the private sector, is in every role I had, I had assumptions about how what I was learning applied in other places, right? I I thought when I worked in the Defense Department that the world in the Department of Homeland Security would be very similar, that the rules might be very similar. It was very different. Uh, certainly, learnings carried over, but but there were big differences there. I thought the uh, public sector and not-for-profit and academia, that, that I had understood what those would be like because of my time in the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Defense. I thought I understood the private sector and how it makes decisions based on what's there. And, and having lived it, I've been able to identify what's the same and what's different. And, and really... Taking a moment to listen becomes an important part of it. Now, to take that down a level to your specific question, like what do we need to do in the cybersecurity workforce activities and what do we need to learn from each other? Um, I think uh, I think about that in terms of three key areas. Uh, The first one is uh, both the public sector and the private sector are learning that they need to open the can. That the sort of historic uh, t- uh, um, the historic places that we're going to get workforce and rules that we put around them have not served us well in bringing enough people into the problem, and so opening that candidate pool um, becomes an important part of it. And that's a place where both the public and private sector can partner together. The second thing is um, we need to recognize the value of games and gamification in really growing cyber skills. It is uh, you know there's all Always an adversary, a red versus blue, or an adversary, an adversarial construct to cybersecurity, and and so that really means people come at it in many instances with sort of a gamification approach, and so looking for uh, looking at games and competitions and other mechanisms to both grow the the interest from people into the field and to continue to grow your skills when you're in the field. I think that's the, the, the second one. And that's a place where the private sector can learn from the public sector um, in, in that construct. And the final one, which I think the uh, both parties learn, is what we see is a lot of cyber professionals leaving mid-career. Um, and that, um, has been attributed to burnout. And so really understanding what that means, right? What it, what are the kinds of day-to-day pressures that cybersecurity professionals feel and recognizing that we have to have ways to, to take care of the human component, um, within, uh, within these problems, I think is, is another challenge that, that both the public and private sector are tackling right now.
1: Sure. And you had mentioned in your earlier remarks, you know, talking about the NIST cyber framework and the National Risk Management Center at CISA. And, you know, we've seen CISA continue to mature as an organization. And we've also recently seen the standup of the Office of the National Cyber Director. Um, you know, just from, re- from your perspective, having been a former um, government official, you know, why are these entities so important in building better public-private partnerships around cyber? And where do you think there might be opportunities to um, improve cyber partnerships?
2: Yeah, it's, um, it's incredibly. Rewarding as a former executive at DHS uh, to see how the department has evolved and how the federal government has evolved to act more in an enterprise construct, and with the role of the national cyber director there um, to uh, drive the charge um, and bring the teams together, I think that's really been a powerful uh, next step for the department, and I think has helped lay the the framework for the successes we've had um, over the last several uh last several years um here as well. I your comment about um about partnerships I think reverts back to one of our earlier conversations and that, and that is this is a situation where we're all in this together. We are mutually interdependent um, and we have to function in that sort of mutual interdependence model. The nature of the technology reinforces this and so several of the partnerships um, that are driving beyond just talking about being mutually interdependent to having operational collaboration um, things like um, JC. CDC is a is a really good example of that sort of operational collaboration, taking information sharing to the next level. Um, I think are really useful uh, useful tools. There are also um, you know, workforce. We talked about workforce. That's another place where the partnerships between the different parties in the in the federal government and the private sector become a really important elements. Um, and finally. Taking the time, uh, having the the depth, and taking the time to listen to each other and to recognize the skills that both parties bring to the table
1: really be, lays the foundation for trust and for next steps. And and I I did want to just end with maybe one more kind of personal question, um, but something like something that we like to ask the women leaders that come and visit with HSDF is just: Do you have a piece of career advice for for women who are in security related fields? It can be at any point in their career, but um, someone like yourself has successfully transitioned, not just from the public sector to private sector, but you've also made changes from working in the in the DOD side to uh, the civilian side. But we would just be curious if you have any um, advice you might want to share around making those transitions.
2: Oh, gosh, uh, this is a really great question, and I, I appreciate your asking. Um, I have just two. I, I, I I could have many pieces of advice, but I think there are two that are most salient and that I like to share uh, most uh, frequently. Uh, The first one comes from my dad. Um, He, a phenomenal um, individual. And he told me that I should never be afraid of making a mistake. Um, And and that piece of advice has served me well. Right? I mean, I make, we we all make mistakes. Um, He said that, but there's a caveat with that. Um, Only make the same mistake once. Don't make it a second time. And make sure, um, unfortunately, oftentimes as a woman, you have to make sure that you learn from the mistakes of others. So don't make the same mistake that your neighbor did, the person in the role before you did. Learn, watch, listen from everyone around you. And I really that I've taken that one to heart and uh, and worked hard to incorporate it into everything I do and share it uh, widely um, with others. The second one is, uh, and again, I've tried to live by this one, if you are comfortable in your role, it's time for you to grow. And really thinking about what that means and whether you can grow grow in your current role and current conditions or if you need to move someplace else in order to, uh, to grow in, in that space. And so I, uh, I'm always looking for the opportunity to grow, to learn, to expand both my own personal capacity, um, certainly as a leader, but more importantly, the personal capacity of the people that work with me and around me. Um, because as I said, it's a mutually interdependent problem and we're better if we do this together.
1: I think that is some excellent and sage advice uh, for women at all career levels, uh, generally for anybody. So I greatly appreciate that. And thank you um, for making some time to talk about cyber resilience and what more we can be doing. And it's great to see that you're such an important partner still in these efforts. So thank you, Miss Stempley. Thank you so much, Megan. It was a real pleasure to speak with you today.
0: Thank you for tuning in. You can follow HSDF the podcast on every major podcast platform. Visit hsdf.org to learn more about the Homeland Security and Defense Forum and HSDF the podcast.